her, and I'm like, for the love, and he's like, come on, and then I went down, and I'm like, Becky, could you go up and let him know something, and getting ready to hand him my power pack, I'm like, oh, probably should, probably should do that, probably should do that, so God bless you guys up there, they rarely do anything wrong, but um, uh, evidently I do, evidently I do, so hey, um, uh, I, I would I would encourage you um, if if you um, if you're a guest with us if this is your first time or if uh, or if you've missed the Mark series so far would you go back and especially week one and uh, listen to the first part to get some background on the book of Mark I'm not going to take take time with that today but I would encourage you to get some background on on Mark it's always good to know like who who's it being written to why who's the like what's going on behind the scenes and it helps to inform how we uh, understand Scripture but um t- but today we're gonna we're gonna keep going going in Mark, and, and I was just thinking, um, you know, t- t- well, today's, uh, today's title is um, Relationship is Greater Than Religion, and, and uh, I-, I was just thinking about myself as, as, a, as a boy. I remember some, some uh, situations. Uh, there was one in particular. I, I was real little. Um, I don't know. I was probably like eight or something, and you know, mom, mom and dad are out. I don't know. I think I, I at least remember mom. And there was a guy. Um, there, there was a guy like uh, he might have even been like a worker. Like it might have been somebody that was doing something for us. I don't know. Maybe it was at the church. I don't know if it was at church or home. But he was just uh, he was just smoking a, a cigarette. And I and I just said something like, like mom, is he going to hell? I was being serious though I mean you know today I'm a whole lot funnier today than I was back then and man man oh yeah I mean there were things like that that would that would come up I mean in church where where you know you you guys you guys probably remember the uh, if you're if you've been around church for for a while maybe you grew up in church and stuff there were things like 20 and 30 and 40 years ago that you didn't do and then there there are things that that you're like well I I guess we can do them now you know (laughs) like you know there were all kinds of stuff like that I'm going to talk about a few of those things later but it's just but it's kind of funny you know and and at the same time it's like oh wait a minute like we're oftentimes known for what we're against instead of what we're for, right? So today I, I thought it might be a good opportunity to talk about relationship is greater than religion. And uh, so if you're, um, if you're super religious in this room, you're going get, to get challenged. Um, and then, uh, then also, if uh, you're super non-religious, um, you're also going to get challenged today um, and then if you're like in the middle you're, you'll be fine so you'll be good you'll be good just kind of just kind of put your earbuds on listen to something and then I'll let you know when we're done so not not at all not at all but there's there's something I, I, I would say this every single person in here including myself man I've been I was challenged all week as I was wrestling with this I mean it was just it was one of those messages um, I'll, I'll give you like a little sneak peek into the life of a pastor where you're just like I don't even know how to how to say this. <laughs> I don't even know. Like like there's something inside and you're like it's got to come out somehow and I'm like I sure hope it comes out in like not like barf form but like in <laughs> like 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 nice and uh, but challenging and and, uh, and and first the Lord has to work me, you know. And so um Man, so if you're super religious, this will be challenging. And if you're super non-religious, this will be challenging. I, can I just ask this as a disclaimer before I get in? Would you not, not focus on the parts you don't agree with? Um, there may be something. 
And I, I love it when, um, when people, actually I invite it, when people come up and say, hey, what about this, Pastor? And what about that? I, I want you to wrestle with Scripture. But I don't want you to focus on what you don't agree with to, uh, to an extent that you miss the heart of what the Lord's trying to say today. So if you come up to me and you're like, hey, Pastor, I'm just going to be like, um, did, you, did you at least get the heart of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay let's talk. But if you didn't, I'm going to say, oh. <laughs> All right, maybe not, maybe not exactly like that. Um, here, here's a couple of things. Wouldn't you want to know if you were, like, too religious? Would, would you want to know it? I would want to know it. I'm, gonna give, I'm just going to give some thoughts, and you guys can, uh, can write it down and, and star it and be like, all right, I agree with that, or you can be like, delete it, and uh, whatever, you'd like to, whatever you'd like to do there. So, uh, how would you know? Religion over relationship. How would you know if you're living religion over relationship? There's a, there's a few things that, that come to mind for me. First of all, relationship with rules over relationship with Jesus. Relationship with rules over relationship with Jesus. That's going to be an indicator. Uh, here's another way to put it. You're a rule follower instead of a Christ follower. So, and, and you, may, you may be saying, well, how do I know? We're going to get into it just a little bit more. But you may be like, like wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hey, how's it? Let the Holy Spirit do something this morning. Are you a rule follower instead of a Christ follower? There's like, um, there were 613 laws in the Old Testament. Um, someone says, well, good, at least I know what to do now, Right? So, are you one of those? Are you one of those? You like six hundred and thirteen laws. You're like, oh my goodness, so many. Or maybe you're another one. You're like, oh, six hundred and thirteen laws. I think I, all right. It, it, there's a list. There's a list. I can, uh, man, at least I know, right? I don't want to walk through life not knowing. At least I know there's a whole list, and and I know if I broke one, I know if I didn't break one. Man, six hundred and thirteen. Come on, right? I'd, I'd say, I'd say if you're falling in that category. You might be, might be religious. It's interesting, religion is all about doing instead of being. Right, so, so I, another indicator, right, that's popping up in your heart. Religion focuses on doing instead of being. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean, I mean you're dotting your I's, you're crossing your T's, you're, you're making sure you, you've, you've checked your list, like, like you're, it's all about the rules Whereas being focuses on the relationship with God, the relationship with Jesus. Religion, oh gosh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, do you care if I just dive? Here we go. I don't know if that's like dive, like crash, like a plane, or if that's diving into the deep end. Well, you guys just got to decide here in a second. Religion says God sent that hurricane and tornado and disease. Yeah, yeah, super religious. <laughs> Religion, man, man. Oh, that, that coronavirus, God must be mad at some, some people. God's judging China. Yeah, religion will do that. Relationship. Uh, relationship says there was never a storm that Jesus blessed. Relationship says there was never a sickness or infirmity that he blessed. Whoa. See that wrestling that goes on in our heart right there? Would you wrestle with it with me? 
Would you wrestle with it with me? Religion gets angry at sinners and lawbreakers. Relationship gets angry at Pharisees. Yeah. Oh, man, you'll, you'll see that in a couple minutes. I, don't, I can't think of like one, one sinner that Jesus just like ripped a new one, you know? What's that mean, Pastor? Well, hey, go ask your mom. Man, but he, man, he got angry at Pharisees. Uh, religion calculates how much you've prayed, how much you've read, how much you've obeyed. Religion compares how holy you are or to how holy uh, um, or not holy someone else is. Oh, can I just, I just wanted to just let everybody know real quick. Did you know this? Here's a, here's a, a thought. There will be religious people in hell. Yeah. That concerns me. In fact, I feel like the religious people are the hardest ones to reach with the gospel. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, if you think, you, if you think you, 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 you're right, <laughs> then it's hard for me to tell you that, that you're wrong. Um, yeah, so we, one thing we, we try to do every summer, we don't always, don't always hit it, but we try to go to um, Great Wolf Lodge. It's, a, it's like an indoor water park, and the kids love it, and it's themed, and man, they love it. They love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I, uh, I'm like, I'm th- thank goodness there's like a Dunkin' Donuts inside that serves coffee. And, I mean, I'm, I'm, all about, I'm all about that. Um, there's, it's great, but it's nice because it's all indoor. Everything's indoors, and so you could just stay there and, and just have fun and, and all this. And, um, but if you've ever been to any type of like, um, like amusement park or, or water park like this, how many, how many know that there's going to be like a, like, a, uh, like a ruler and it's going to show you <laughs> like if you're allowed to go on the ride or not? Yeah, poor Aria. She did not get daddy's jeans in the height category. Um, and uh, I mean, Kaylee did. I mean, she's like three and a half and going on like the, the adult rides. You know, like, like, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're eight years old, you must be, right? And she's like, I'm three and a half. You know? Like, Aria's like, you know, she's four and, and, and she's like, like two feet tall. <laughs> like, like, what's going on? What's going on? It's, I feel so bad for her sometimes because we'll, we'll walk up and there's other, other people her age that can go and she's like sitting there and she's like, she comes up, Daddy, can I go on the ride? You know, imagine this is the thing and she's just like, just barely, you know, like right there. And we're like, hey, Aria, put, put the flip-flops on. Put your flip-flops on and then go, go back. And, and then the, 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 the person that's like the gatekeeper for the ride, you know, they're looking at her, and every once in a while you get one with a little bit of grace, and they look at me, and they, they look at her, and they're like, you know, they let her go, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but there's like, you know, there's like insurance policies and things like this where, you know, they don't want, they don't want the, the, the kid to like go on the water slide and whoosh, whoo. <laughs> they don't want that. They don't want that. But, man, I feel so bad for her. Wait, wouldn't it be silly, though, if, uh, if Aria, you know, she goes and she stands up and she, like, she misses it by, like, two inches. And she's like, oh. And then she looks at Lydia. And, you know, obviously Lydia, she's two and a half years old. She's not even going to come close. And she looks at Lydia and be like, I'm taller than you. Right? I'm taller than you. Like, doesn't really matter. You're both not getting on the ride. Like you're both, you're both 
<sighs> Short. Both of you. Both of you. You know what Jesus does? Jesus comes and picks him up. He's like, oh, you're tall enough now. Yeah, you know, we're all, we're all too short to get on the ride. We're all too short. You'll never be tall enough. You're never going to measure up and be tall enough without Jesus. All these rules, all these regulations. And then Jesus comes along and says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So there's religion that sometimes gets put, put over relationship, but I also have to go to the other end of the extreme and talk about non-religious over religious because this is, a, this is another pit that some people fall in. Non-religious people really just don't want to be told what to do, even if it's God. Man, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother, like, ditch on the side of the road. Man, don't raise your hand, but any of you just non-religious? <laughs> any of you just non-religious? You're like, man, no, you know, like, there's grace, right? We don't have to obey that. There's no rules, right? There's just, it's just relationship. There's no rules. There's just relationship, man. Come on. And I can imagine that person's wearing like a Hawaiian t-shirt and khaki shorts and flip-flops. On one hand, religion is a form of godliness yet denies the power. But on the other hand, just bucking religion from a place of rebellion misses the point. I remember, I, I remember some of this. Like, you do too. Like, like you remember the days when, when it was like, uh, like suits and ties and nice shoes and, and women were in, were in dresses, like down to the like bottom of their feet. And, and, I mean, right? And you came to church and you're what? You're Sunday best, right? And then somewhere along the line, the Hawaiian t-shirt guy comes in. He's like, hey, let's worship. And everyone starts to, whoa, 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 wait, that's probably all right. And then some, one, one thing leads to another, and then the pastor's wearing jeans. <laughs> Sport jacket just to please the old people. No, I'm just joking, just joking, I went too far. Did I go too far? I think I went too far on that. <laughs> Yeah, man, those things, that's, uh, it happens, that's it. Um, or, or what about, uh, man, you guys remember the day, and we're talking, I mean, because this place is holy, we're, we're talking like no coffee or food in the sanctuary. And then they start building like coffee stations out there, and then have you been in those churches where there's like, there's like drink cup holders, like right at your, at your pew, and, the, and it's not a pew anymore, it's not even a chair, it's a theater style seating. And you're like, Wait, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Pastor. This is is making me a little uncomfortable. And then, and speaking of chairs in in the sanctuary, what about the pews? Remember that? Maybe, did you ever grow up in a church with pews? Did you grow up in a church long enough with pews that they started to become trendy? And, and one day you, you came to the church rummage sale and there's all these pews out there for sale and the, somebody like brought in a bunch of comfy 
chairs and like where, where are all the where are all the pews and they're like but we got these comfy chairs i hate comfy chairs until they sit in them <laughs> yeah they sit in them and then they're like man i love comfy chairs I love comfy chairs. For me, I think it'd be great if we went back to the, to the metal folding chairs because you'd stay awake longer. <laughs> the truth is, is we often kill one sacred cow just to birth another one. <sighs> All right. Here's the main thought today relationship with God causes you to desire and to do the right things doing the right things doesn't necessarily equal relationship with God so I'm going to try to tread carefully because there's one group of people that's going to hear one thing and then there's another group of people that's going to hear another would you just calm down a little bit and listen I think the Holy Spirit might have something to say today all right? Relationship with God causes you to desire and to do the right things. Doing the right things doesn't necessarily equal relationship with God. We, uh, uh, we had, we've been doing the youth at my house. In fact, here's just a little plug. Just while, while we're low on numbers and we, you know, we've been running in that like 10 to 15 range, we just thought, hey, let's just do youth at our house and we'll do food and we'll c- kind of c- come in the basement and it's been good. And then once a month on family experience night, then the youth come here. Um, but, but then the rest of the time we're at my house and um, uh, Josh McDowell did a, did a message and then kind of opened it up for, um, for comments. And uh, so I was there and I, so I, I, uh, I, I don't I'm not going to get into the whole deal of what we were talking about, but I made this comment um, about, uh, and a comment that we, I've made here from the pulpit before, and I just said this, God wants us to live from, not towards, okay? God wants us to live from, not towards, and there's a few things that fit into that category. Like, for instance, did you know that if, you, if you're a believer, if, you have, if, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you've, you've accepted, did you know this? Did you know that you are holy? Did you know that you are righteous? Did you know, you knew that? That was the first time I ever heard that. Did did you know that or not? All right, all right. So, man, if you are, man, if you're in Jesus, you're saved. The Bible, the Bible says you're, you're holy and you're righteous. So, are you, are are you able to live now however you want to live? Can you just like, you know, just like sin however you want because, because I'm saved by grace? No, so, so what's the deal? Because you have, you have whole churches and whole denominations and people with, you know, that study Bible and, and they're going to be like, no, we've got we to gotta obey the rules in order, to, in order to attain righteousness, right? And then you've got people over here on this side and be like, like man, it's it's not about the rules. I'm just, I can live however I want to live because, right? Because I'm saved. Here, I want to show you what I showed the youth the other night. Maybe you're more of a visual person. I want you to imagine that right here on this side of the sanctuary is, um, let's just do it this way first. Do it. uh, Imagine that this side is religion that this is rules, 
and relationship is over on the other side. And so imagine all of us are here on this side and we're obeying the rules and we're, we're doing all the stuff, that all of the things we're doing, we're living right because we're wanting to attain relationship. Maybe we're wanting to attain heaven. We're wanting to attain uh, pleasure and, and, and God's, uh, God thinking of us the right way. All, right? We, want, we want all of that. And that's on that side of the sanctuary. And so we're over here and we're doing everything we got to do in order to get over there. You guys got the picture? All right. All right. Watch this. What if all of us were on this side of the room? What if we're literally saved by grace? What if you like absolutely at the point of salvation have renewed relationship with Jesus like you never had before? What, what, if, what if that's the place? That's, what if that's the starting line? If that's the starting line, if relationship and grace and mercy, what, if that's that place, that, that seated place that, that Ephesians says you're seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, if that's the starting point, if that's like ready and you're waiting for the, for the gun to go off, if that's the starting point, then, then what are you, what are you living, living towards then? This is, man, we've, we've got to catch this because you do right things because of your starting place. You live, you live holy and do holy things. You live righteous and do righteous things because of your starting place. When the, the moment you get saved and the gun goes off, you're on this journey, not to attain righteousness, but because you're righteous. I, I was telling telling a friend. I was telling a friend from the Todd Becker Foundation at lunch uh, this week, and, and and he we were. It wasn't that he didn't agree. We we were agreeing, and, uh, and I was just like, you know, I think the way the way I look at it is salvation is is like the door. It's like the starting place. And I, I I said in here years ago, it's like the it's like that line in the Witch in the Wardrobe movie, or book if you've never watched the movie, and uh, they go in and they open up the door and they're like whoa. They're like in a whole new world. And this is where I used to like sing the Disney song right there, and I'll, I'll save you. And they're like, they like step in, and it's like snowing on the, and it's like, whoa, this is great. And, and yet most people like get saved and like camp out right there at the doorway. They stay, the gun goes off at the starting place, and they just like, all right, and they just stay there. And Jesus is invi- he's inviting us into this whole new world that we live from that starting place, not, not towards it. Jesus, um, Jesus comes on the scene. We've seen him here in, in Mark, and he, uh, oh man. He messes with people. But, th- but there was a lot of buildup to the story that I'm going to share today. He, uh, man, Jesus and the Pharisees, they, they had an interesting relationship. So it starts off, and Jesus, uh, do you guys remember in like Mark chapter 1, like Jesus is, is starting to get famous because he does what? Heal, healings and, and deliverances, and, and like all these people are getting set free and healed, and like, what? 
this is awesome. Legs are growing back and eyeballs popping back in and dead people rising from the dead. And Shh, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. And they start telling everybody and there's like, he's famous. Do you know what I think first starts happening with the Pharisees? I think they like started getting jealous. I think they started getting jealous of, of what was going on with Jesus. And, and that, that jealousy starts to rise up a little bit. I think that's that first thing. And, and then it goes on, and, and Jesus, like the, the, the boy drops through the roof. You remember that story, right? The boy, or the, they, they bring the boy, you know, lower him down, and, and Jesus looks at him, and, and you guys remember that? And he, he, says, he says, son, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees were like, what? He can forgive sins too? This is ridiculous. What, what's he doing? And then the stories go on, and we come to, then there's like, then there's like uh, um, Jesus, your disciples aren't fasting. And Jesus is like, well, well, they're with me. They don't have to fast. And then when I leave, then they can fast. And the Pharisees are like, mind blown. And it goes on, and it goes on, and there's more stories, and, and, and just like everything is like almost intentionally violating the Pharisees' minds. And we come to these two stories in one, Mark chapter 2, verse 23, to Mark chapter 3, verse 6. There's two stories about the Sabbath. Watch this. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples walked along, and they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? The question, were they doing what was unlawful on the Sabbath? That's a trick question, Pastor. No, listen, watch. There were, there were laws ordained by God, and then there was what was called oral tradition, which was like, oh, there's a law. Let's come up with 800 interpretations of that and how that can apply, you know? And so they had all of these, whatever, these interpretations, this oral law. And, and so part of it, Jesus was looking at, man, Jesus was honoring the Sabbath. Jesus and his disciples, they were absolutely honoring the Sabbath, but they didn't, Jesus didn't include picking grain right there the, and, and eating it as breaking, breaking the Sabbath, but the Pharisees did. The Pharisees did. Jesus answered this. Have you, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? And in the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread which is lawful only for the priest to eat. Is that true, by the way? That's absolutely true. In other words, David did worse, is what Jesus was saying. Is that a great, correct grammar? I'm pretty sure that is. And he also gave some to his companions. Verse 27, it goes on. It says, then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second, but that made him angry goes on and says so the son of man is lord even of the sabbath that made him even more angry and then chapter three another time so this is another sabbath story another time jesus went into the synagogue probably in capernaum probably the same synagogue that i was able to go and visit by the way sorry for you and, and jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Because in their mind, that would mean, that would mean working and, 
and you don't work on the Sabbath, and they had to make a rule because there's probably doctors and stuff that, you know, and so they can't work on the Sabbath, and so they, they're trying to figure out, how can we trap Jesus? And Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? I love Jesus. I love how Jesus, like, would answer a question with a question. Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them. See, watch Jesus here. Now, he's not sinning in his anger, but he is, he's getting some holy anger here because of these Pharisees. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. There's anger, and then there's like his heart is breaking for these people that just don't get it. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. In other words, there was a buildup here from the opening of the book of Mark until right now, and the Pharisees were getting angrier and angrier and angrier until finally we're going to figure out how to get rid of this guy. There's this... Um, First, can I, can I just say, like, the, the sometimes the Pharisees get a bad rap. Um, they were, uh, I just want to just take a little, just a, just a side note here. Like, the, these guys, they were, they were Jews. There were multiple sects of Jews. Um, there, was, there was the Pharisees. There was the Sadducees. You had the Essenes. And, and so there were multiple, like, like sects. In, in other words, like, um, kind of like we have different denominations. That's the best way I could describe it. Like, we're all Christians, right? You know, we're talking about the Bible-believing churches, but some of them kind of emphasize this a little bit more, and some of them emphasize this a little bit more. At some level, it was kind of like that. So the Pharisees, it wasn't like, like that every Pharisee was just a jerk. Like, in fact, the Pharisees knew Bible really, really, really well. And when I say Bible, they, the Holy Bible they knew, they knew that. And, uh, and, and they, uh, sorry, there was a friend over there that I was shooting that at. And, and, and it was like, it was the Hebrew scriptures. It was Genesis to Malachi. They knew it. In fact, if you were, if you were really, really good, like, you, like they would have the whole thing memorized. Man, like these guys, they had a they had a value for the word. They had a value for the law. They had all of this stuff. There was some really good stuff about it. And bottom line, Jesus comes on the scene. He's the Messiah, and they've been waiting for the Messiah, and their, their nose is in, in the, the word, in the law, in the Hebrew scriptures, and they, they, they're so committed to this that they can't see this. Jesus makes the comment, about the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath was a gift. The Sabbath was, it was a gift. I remember um, I, when I was in Israel, um, the, the family we were staying with, like every, for, first of all, everybody in Israel celebrates 
the Sabbath, like every week. It's called uh, Shabbat. And so it's sundown on, uh, on Friday to, to sundown on Saturday. And, uh, and so we're, we're out, and they shut down. Everything just uh, like shuts down, unless you're, unless you're Muslim and have like a Muslim store or a, or a um, restaurant or something like that. But, but, if you're, but if you're a traditional Jew, like everything shuts down. Everything shuts down. And uh, I remember we were, we were um, traveling and, and touring, and, um, and the, the tour guide thought, I think we've got enough time. Let's do, one last, let's do one last stop before we get home for Shabbat and the Shabbat meal. And so we just, we race, we go to, this is when we like head to Joppa, and we, we get out, and we, we wind around, and long story short, we were like standing right in front of like Simon the Tanner's house where Peter had the vision on the, on, on the rooftop. I mean, it was just amazing. All right, hurry, let's get back in the, Let's get back in the, the van. Why? Why? Because we got to get back for Shabbat. I mean, because everything shuts down at, at sundown. We're trying to get our last little bit. It was pretty serious. We get there, and, you know, all of us, all of us Gentiles, we don't, like, we don't know what to expect, but, but we're all learning. We want to experience things. So we go in, and, and uh, we get cleaned up for this, this meal. We come up, and Man, it's just, it's prepared. There's a table, and there's, there's communion, but it's not like, it's not like, you know, like the, like the last snack. It's like the last supper. And we come, and, and we, have, we break bread, and we drink the cup, and we have a meal. And then somebody stands up and blesses the, the you know, like the wife, and then they bless the, the father in the room, and they bless the, the children, and the children bless the parents and the mother i mean it was just like like it was like amazing and then there, there was laughter and there was like um i mean there was socializing and there was just hanging out and there was just the value for god and the value for family and and each other and i mean it's just super and with jeff collins being there it was super non-religious and i loved it i loved it it, it actually felt like a like a gift the Pharisees had a whole day of rest holy unto the Lord and they missed him. They had no relationship with him. Exodus 16 verse 29 says, bear in mind the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day and no one's to go out. It was a day of rest. It was a day of rest. and It patterned after Genesis that on the seventh day God rested. Exodus chapter 20 was where you'll find the, the Ten Commandments. And, and this is what it starts in verse 8. It says, remember the Sabbath day. By what? Keeping it holy. Six days you'll, you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them. But what? He rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It was a gift. It was a day off. <laughs> Anyone like days off? Man, this is like, like God was looking out for him. I'm like, here, here's a day off. I think God was saying something like, like, you know what? You'll accomplish in six days what the rest of the world will accomplish in seven. It's like, God does that a lot of times. It's like this upside-down kingdom. Wait a minute, I need one more day of work. And he's like, he's like, 
hey, would you trust me? Six days? And then, like, you'll actually accomplish more than you would in, in seven days. It, it, that was God's heart. His, heart. his heart was rest. His heart was remembering. There's one verse about the Sabbath that was all about remembering Egypt, remembering where you came from. He was setting up the Sabbath as a place to, to remember where you, anybody think it's, it's probably a good idea to remember where you came from? Why? Man, thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've come so far. Part of the Sabbath was remembering. Part of the Sabbath was, uh, in fact, uh, the, I would say probably the foundation, the, the overarching theme of the Sabbath was relationship. Relationship with God first and family, friends. Second, it was all about relationship. Exodus 35, verse 2 says, For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day shall be your holy day a day of sabbath rest to the lord whoever does any work on it uh, is to be put to death just wanted to throw that in there real quick before we leave it was super important to god it was super important to god the sabbath was a gift to us and it was a gift to him but it was so important rest remembering relationship it was so important and i think he kind of thought man this isn't going to be one that's easy to keep this isn't going to be like like in fact i need to i need to have some some motivation here that people are going to do this and so he's like if you break the sabbath if you in one place if you disgrace the sabbath if you if you do that like you're you die you die you're executed I kind of thought that would be an interesting church growth strategy. How do you get everybody here? Well, well, if they don't come, they die. You want to know something? Jesus never lowered the standard. He became the standard. Jesus never lowered the standard. He became the standard. Watch this. Instead of adultery, being, being wrong, it's your thought life is man you even think about it it's like you did it remember when jesus said that come on you remember instead of murder being being the big no-no it's if you think about it it's like you did it watch this instead of it being a tithe ten percent it's 100%. It's like, it's all God's. It's all. 100%. What? Instead of, a, instead of one day being set apart, it's every day. Can you hear that for a second? Jesus always ups the ante. When you get super religious about it, well, man, what's the bare minimum requirements in order for me to do this thing? And Jesus is like, and you've heard it said, my standard's this. The standard that you read about is one day holy. My, my standard is, it's a Sabbath lifestyle. It's like every day is mine. Every day is mine. And then you start to, to think, well, how do we do this? Oh, by the way, and death, that verse that talked about death, watch this. If you don't pursue a relationship with God, you're going to die one of three deaths. I'm not going to go into them. I'll tell you. I'll just mention them. 
You don't pursue relationship with God. That's what the Sabbath was all about. It was about relationship with the Lord. You don't pursue relationship with God, you'll die one of three deaths. You'll die an emotional death for sure. You'll die a spiritual death that goes on long enough and, and you're not pursuing a relationship with God, you're going to die a spiritual death. And eventually, a physical death without relationship with God. Sometimes, sometimes it actually, there's even places in the scripture where it talks about a spiritual death where, where um, through sin you actually, there's diseases and there's all these different things. And man, there's, a, there's emotional death, there's spiritual death, and there's physical death. And, and God's like, hey, could you, would you do a Sabbath lifestyle with me? In other words, would you pursue relationship with me as I'm pursuing relationship with you? I mean, some of us sit there and we're just like, we're just like, whoa, wait a minute. The, the Sabbath, that's not, that's not for today. That was back then. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe we could, we could wrestle with that. But are you actually living a Sabbath lifestyle? Are you actually, is there, is your, is your life living from a place of rest? Is your life living from a place of, of honoring the Lord? And, and, and is, I mean, is this, is this a place where, you, where you're doing those things? Like most people are like, eh, they're that, those non-religious people, right? They're just like, I just don't want rules. Man, the, God was just wanting relationship. He wanted you more than you wanted him. All of these, these comments about Jesus upping the ante and taking it to a whole nother level, then all the religious people start to cheer. They're like, yes, finally. I thought he was going to say that I thought he was going to say, get rid of the rules, but now he's saying, hey, there's even a greater standard. And everyone's like, getting out your pen for, for us to like write down more rules. And I hear Jesus whispering this. You've missed the point. I hear him saying, my standards are impossible to keep without relationship with me. And when you blow it, I've already fulfilled the requirements of the law and the punishments of the law. It's like, man, it was impossible to keep 613. And then Jesus almost makes it even more impossible because he's like, you sin in your thoughts now. You're like, what? And Jesus is like, man, this is impossible without me. This is impossible without me. And someone's like, whoa, wait, wait a minute, pastor. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Pastor, hello, wave at, someone's waving at me. And so which of the 613 are like most important then? You know, they're, they're wanting to, at least can we narrow this down? Is there, is there is there some that are most important? Is there some that like like have passed away, and others that are that are more important? And you know, like what like how do we deal with this? And you're reading the Old Testament, and you're like, oh, what about this? And you read the New Testament, what about that? And pastor, which ones? Which ones? Which ones are still valid? And you know, and like my mom, my mom read Leviticus, and I can't get a tattoo. Is that still is that still there? And and I'm like, well, as long as you read the verse before it and tell your dad to not shave his beard. Like, what do we do? What do we do with them? And somebody wants me to answer the question for them, and I'll just answer it. How about just the way Jesus did? When the Pharisees came, asked a similar question, and Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Wait, does that, does that include of love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, 
and love your neighbor as yourself. So you're telling me, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I'm thinking that something's going to line up there with, maybe I'd say it this way, all of those laws that have to do with at some level, love the Lord with all your heart, (laughs) with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, and you do that, you're going to fulfill the requirements of the law. It's love. It's love. And I think that was Jesus' frustration. Pastor Kelly and your team, you can come. That was Jesus' frustration there with the Pharisees. She's like, man, you're missing the point here. You're trying to nail me down on all of these things. And it's like, I just want you. I just want relationship with you. Most people want to hear a preacher preach and and then have like a clear um, application to be able to walk out and do on Monday. I, I like to preach that way. And the only thing I can tell you is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think it's all going to work out. I think it'll be good. Can we stand this morning? Wait a minute. Is it on Saturday or Sunday? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul all your strength man just tell me what to do love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your mind with all your soul with all your strength love your neighbor as yourself Jesus all over this place all over this place. Lord, any burden that's been placed on us by us or others that's not from you, would you lift that right now? Lord, any burden that's been placed on people in this room by churches, spiritual leaders, that was never designed for us to carry, would you lift that right now in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. Lord, would you draw? Lord, your word says the kindness of the Lord leads to repentance. Would you draw right now? (laughs) Oh, he loves you so much. He loves you. 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 Let's just respond to this with a song.